Hello, summoners, and welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem heroes. This is Grepstein, and I'll be your Phaeologist today. Today, I am really excited to be joined by a special guest. You've heard him on this podcast once before. It was way back in April when we had the Wings of Fate banner. And so I'd like to uh, welcome back to the podcast the esteemed Game Press writer and podcaster in his own right, Red. How are you doing today, Red? Hello, Grefstein. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I'm really excited to be on the show today, especially since it's been quite a while since I've done anything uh, podcast related. So I think today's going to be very good and I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. It is great to have you back. And Phil and I, as I'm sure many of our listeners as well, depend on the incredible work that all the Game Press writers and the Game Press team does uh, to stay informed in Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, from you know all the data mines that you guys do to the stats and the builds and all of the things that you do over on Game Press. In fact, I'll share with you and with our listeners that over the past year, I was checking my uh, Google Chrome browser on my Android phone, and it said that Game Press was the number one site that I visited in the past year. So how about that? Oh, wow. Thank you. That's quite something. For me, Game Press would probably be quite up there. I... I don't use a lot of other websites. The only website which might overtake it is Reddit. Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time on there too. <laughs> yeah, I, I could probably check, but eh, we got we got this to record, so I'll maybe do it later. Yeah, well, so anyway, just wanted to thank you and all of your colleagues for all the hard work that you do over there. We are very excited and fortunate to have you on the show today. Thank and you. today we're going to talk about the new units that we just had released from Genealogy. Uh, they're calling it the Doorway to Destiny banner. Uh, it's like the maybe like the Stairway to Heaven banner or something like that. It's, that's what that makes me think of anyway. Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> so we'll get some singing on the show for you guys today. Um, <laughs> you so don't want to hear have... me sing. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we'll have it on the uh, the outtakes, uh, the the blooper reel for today's show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, so let's get into some of these new units, and we'll talk as usual as we do on Phaeology about the new units and their stats, their skills, uh, any skills that might be worth foddering off to other units if there are any. Uh, we'll go over some builds, and I know you did write the page for Quan on Game Press, so I'm sure you'll have uh, some especially good background for when we go over Quan today. And mm -hmm. then we'll talk a little bit about their matchups and how these units do in the Mass Duel Simulator and wrap up with our overall impressions on each of these units. So uh, why don't we get into things today? Yes, absolutely. So why don't we start off with Quan going in the same order as the trailer videos do for the new heroes in Fire Emblem Heroes. And so Quan is Leaf's father, and he is a Lance Cavalier, the third Lance Cavalry unit with a preferred weapon in Fire Emblem Heroes after just Camus and Legendary Ephraim. So even though the Lance Cavalier class is one that's really oversaturated in the game right now, uh, Quan might have his own role because he does come with a preferred weapon that can't be inherited by anybody else in the game. So uh, let's take a look at his stats. Stats-wise, he comes with 44 HP, 37 attack, 29 speed, 
31 defense and 16 resistance uh, for a grand total of 157 BST at level 40 with uh, no merges. And, you know, he actually has the highest attack of any of the Lance Cavaliers in the entire game at the moment. So that is one area that he stands out in for me. It's not just the highest Lance Cavalier, it's the highest Cavalier. Um, Mm, Uh, Who he matches with, if I remember correctly, is Exalted Krom, who also has 37, and Wallheart, who I think has 37. Yeah, and both of those units can get a little bit of a boost from their PRF weapons, too. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and uh, and Quan has the same sort of thing with his weapon. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, his stats are actually really similar overall to Legendary Ephraim, but uh, he's a little bit easier to pull at the moment than Legendary Ephraim is. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening down the road if Quan gets demoted or anything like that. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a bit. So, uh, Red, what stands out to you about Quan's stats? Well, the first thing I remember when I first saw his stats for the first time... Uh... It was definitely his massive attack stat. 37 is huge. He can, of course, reach that 40 attack stat with a boon. Which, for him, I think is just great overall, especially given he has that personal weapon. So that's 56 attack before even any skills are considered, assuming he has an attack boon. And then he gets plus 5 from the Gaywalk assuming it activates, which it probably will given it's a pretty, I mean, it's a restriction, but I feel Gable isn't as restricting as, say, Flame Siegmund, which I think is actually quite heavily restricting. Besides that, he does have good physical bulk with his 44 HP and 31 defense. He, he sort of takes the role of a defensive Lance Cavalier, which to me is what made him personally interesting for me. I don't know about you, but I'm just sick of seeing all these offensive-only Cavaliers. There's so many. Well, offensive Lance Cavaliers. It's nice to finally have one which seems to focus a bit more on enemy phase and defense, you know. Yeah, and the thing that makes the big difference to me is that he is a bit slower uh, with his 29 speed, and we've gotten a ton of different Cavaliers and Lance Cavaliers too that are really fast, and what they gain in speed, they tend to lose in defense or resistance. So that's kind of where I think the difference is between Quan and some of the other Lance Cavaliers and Cavaliers in general that we've seen released in the last couple months. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely a bit more unique compared to the average Lance Cavalier we seem to get a lot. Yeah, and we'll take a look at his weapon and his stats as well and, and see how that complements his stat line. Uh, in terms of boons and banes, so he does not have any super boons. He does have a super bane in resistance, but overall, I think because his resistance is so weak that it you know it's not going to change his arena scoring if he does have a super bane in resistance, so it might not be a bad bane to take if, uh, if you have the choice between multiple different copies of Quan. Uh, what do you think about the IVs for Quan? What, what do you think is optimal for him? My optimal would either be having an attack or a defense boon with a resistance bane. Now, at 16 resistance, he's not going to miss it, frankly. He's got one of the lowest resistances in the game. When I was looking at his matchup, a lot of mages were able to just flat out one hit KO, in, KO him anyway, with or without a resistance bane particularly the 
green mages, of course, people like Nino, Scattered Fangs, Nino, uh, Green Olwen, and of course, Ryuna, we're going to talk about later, Luwin. I think I'm pronouncing my name right. Yeah, I think L so. Luwin, Luwen, Luwen, yeah. Um, they can all just one-hit him anyway. Uh, and he's in that sort of middling speed range where most mages, most fast mages will double him anyway. To the point where I found a lot of red mages were able to defeat him, such as, say, Selica with her new refinement. She can quite easily defeat uh, Quan because of how high her, uh, you know, how high her attack and speed is. Um, I was able to also get Lena to beat him, but she's a bit more tricky because of her low speed. But it's still doable just because of the sheer level of power Lelina can reach. And that's altogether why I think Resistance is the best Bane, just because it, there is very few scenarios in which he will miss it. And instead he can opt to enhance his other stats, his attack or his defense, which I think are his two best boons. I would say probably the best one you could get is plus attack minus resistance. But plus defense minus resistance would be a close second. Yep, I think I would agree with you there. Always stats as best as you can with IVs. So uh, let's take a look at his weapon as well as his skills. So the weapon that Quan comes with is the Gay Bolg. And it has 16 might like most uh, melee PRF weapons do. And it gives him plus 5 to his attack and defense. And that works against infantry, cavalry, and armor units. And it's impressive because it's not just in the player phase. It's not just in the enemy phase, like a, a stance skill or like a blow skill might be. It's not just when he's adjacent to another unit, like a bond skill might be. But this works in both player and enemy phase against, uh, you know, three out of the four classes of units in the game. Yeah. I find it's a very interesting weapon, Gabold. <laughs> I find the theming very funny. I like when they do themes like this, like, you know, how um, Zephyr's weapon doesn't work against dragons. Yeah. You've now got uh, Quan's weapon, which doesn't work against flyers. It's just... I, I know it makes them weaker, but it's just nice little touches to make people stand out more. Yeah, and it almost turns his weapon into, like, a 21 might weapon against most units in the game. Yeah, yeah. As far as the actual um, effect goes, uh, let's put Femin aside for a second. As far as the actual effect goes, I mean, it's effectively attack-defense bond against any non-flyer unit. Nothing matters, it's just, are they a flyer? Yes, no. If they are, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. If they aren't a flyer, enjoy 5 attack and defense. It's simple. It's simple. But it's very effective, I find. It might not be... the I, I would probably say it's his best weapon in general, but he, he can use other stuff very well too, as I will talk about later. Yeah, definitely. And I think a nice thing about a weapon like this, where you know it won't work against fire units, is that you can use your unit uh, selectively. You can place uh, Quan in certain situations where if he's going to take a hit and not getting that five attack or defense is going to matter against a flyer, then he can avoid that combat, especially as a unit that might be more an enemy phase unit. He can just avoid those situations, just like you might keep a blue unit in general away from green units to try to help them survive. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way like you play. All, all units have their weaknesses and 
but generally when the unit's in your control and not the control of the AI, you can play around their weaknesses. Because I can say you definitely want to keep Quan away from anything magical. Yeah, and maybe even from like churches and uh, and other green flyers that might be especially scary to him. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, no matter how physically bulky you can be, the weapon triangle tends to win out a lot of the time. Yep, that is true. It gives everybody a check in the game. So let's take a look at his skills. And one thing that people on Reddit were buzzing about is a new rally skill, a level three rally skill for the first time being released on Quan, the Rally Speed Defense Plus. Yeah. I have to admit, when I first saw this, uh, the trailer, I didn't even notice that he had a brand new level three rally skill that plus just kind of went beyond me. I did see it when I watched the trailer. Uh, I didn't quite believe it at first. And... Yeah, there certainly has been a buzz. I, I would, I'm not going to say whether it was a positive or a negative buzz. <laughs> I mean, it seems that we are just going to start getting skill power creep now that we've had Brave Celica with Deathblow 4, and now we've got Rally Speed Defense Plus to give plus 6 speed and defense. It's starting to get kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Giving plus six to speed and defense or plus six to two stats as future dual rally skills, uh, third tier three, uh, dual rally skills will. This is really strong. This is the same. Yeah, this is like two units on your team having a tactic skill. Uh, it's incredibly strong. It's 400 SP as a skill. So that's 100 SP more than dual rally skills used to be. So yeah. every single unit can score higher with a dual rally skill plus than they could with a dual rally skill in the arena. Yeah, I think that's actually my biggest concern with this skill. Not, not the effect, but the scoring. Uh, particularly if Quan ends up being locked to 5-star. Like, like I, I know the... CYL2 banner hasn't ended, but let's be real, none of them are demoting. So, so Deathblow 4 stay in a 5-star of a minute. So, I do think they need to bring in some sort of, like, skill refinery, where I could, say, take my units which have Deathblow 3 and turn them into Deathblow 4. Uh, otherwise, I feel they're just starting to make, especially with the latest arena changes, with the, you know, the bonus units having to get the uh, KOs to get more points. I feel the higher tiers are starting to become slowly and slowly more, you know, whale inclusive. Yeah, well, it, it seems like, as you mentioned, this definitely seems to confirm to me that uh, one of these uh, higher level skills, pretty much every single banner from here on out. And yeah. they also seem to come up the best on their banner. Not to say that Quan is bad, but he, uh, I, I think they're trying to make everybody want to pull in units that might not be the strongest on banners to try to get some of these higher level skills. Yeah, I can understand from a business standpoint, intelligent systems wanting everyone to you know, pull every single unit. More ops spent means more ops purchased. Instead of adding more BST like they did last year, it seems like they're going to be adding higher level that will increase the score, especially at the highest range of the arena. For most people, this doesn't really matter a whole bunch unless you're right on the edge. Another, and even so, if you're on the edge of tier yeah. 19 and tier 20, it makes the difference of some feathers, but it doesn't make the difference of any orbs. So ultimately, it's, it's probably not worth going out and pulling a whole bunch of quans to try to improve your arena score. No, I, I wouldn't. I, I would agree. It, it's not my worth it. I'm not someone who tends to worry about arena scoring that much. I, I run a team which has three fully merged units on it for arena right now, and 
that's enough to always, without fail, get me into tier 20. It won't keep me there, but I'm pretty content with just staying at uh, tier 19.5, as they call it. Yeah, ultimately, I think if you had this skill on all four of your units, the Rally Speed Defense Plus, as compared with just Rally Speed Defense or any other dual stat rally skill, it increases your maximum potential for scoring by two points in the arena, which ultimately is really small. <laughs> yeah, I will admit, I'm not, even though I work at Game Pass, I'm not actually entirely knowledgeable how the scoring bins work. Uh, I, I know how the BST ones work. I'm not quite sure about the skill ones, though. Yeah, it's like, I mean, from my understanding of things, every 100 SP, uh, at like every uh, every 100 SP, you go up a, a scoring bin, so to speak. And yeah. you might know that already, but for listeners out there that aren't knowledgeable about this, if you go from like 1,000 SP to 1,100 SP, that increases your score. But if you go from like... Uh, if you go from like 1100 SP to like 1150 SP, it makes no difference. So, um, yeah, but that's why some of the times you can afford having though, if you're going for scoring, some of the times you can afford having that 200, you know, SP skill. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, say you have a unit which has a total uh, score skill wise of 1200, and you exchange the fury you have on them for Swift Sparrow, say. It's not going to do anything because you're not going up enough score. That's only, well, that, that's 200 to 240, so you're not exactly reaching the next level. Yeah, so for that, it would depend on how many SP your unit has learned completely. The 40 SP thing won't guarantee that it increases their scoring, but if they're at the if they're at like 1180 SP and it brings them to 1220, then it would make a difference. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, so yeah, it kind of depends. There, There's score calculators out there, and there's people that are really knowledgeable about this sort of thing on Reddit. So if you do have any questions. Yeah, that's why people love the Gale Force and Aether skills, because, I mean, they're 500 SP compared to, I mean, what, what, a special is normally 200, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so, most are 200, and some I think are 300. I think the AoE specials might be 300, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I don't use the AoE specials like at all so i couldn't answer that but yeah i don't think most people do but uh every once in a while it might be good for a build or uh you if people are just going with uh with budget builds with whatever skill comes on a unit then maybe they'll use that yeah 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 so moving on with the other skills that quan comes with so he comes with draconic aura as his special uh, nothing mm -hmm. too special in Draconic Aura, but it was kind of notable that when I was watching the trailer, I, I thought that this might be the first time that we've had a non-healer come with both a special and an assist skill. So I thought that was uh, at least worth pointing out. I, I think that's correct. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, given how many units there are, but I'm pretty certain that is correct. So maybe that's becomes, because he comes with a level 3 special. For some reason, he gets uh, special treatment there. Yeah. You can have Drew's Quantic Aura too, it's fine. Quan's a good boy. He's a good boy. He can have all this nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he does get uh, the extra special and the uh, assist skill there. But looking at the rest of his kit, he comes with a brand new A-slot skill. It is the final skill in the Dual Stance series of skills. And they're calling it Steady Posture which gives plus four to speed and to defense in just the enemy phase. And it's the same as Nephany's effect on her uh, daunting lance uh, refinement, the special effect refinement. But this is the first time we're seeing it 
as an A-slot skill and an inheritable skill in the game. So what yeah. do you think about this new skill in the game, Red? I, I love how it has to be posh because they've already used Steady Stance. Yeah, oops, they made a mistake in naming, huh? <laughs> yeah, they had, to go, they had to go fancy. Steady Posture, not this... Quan is too good for a simple stance. He has to have posture. Yeah, it's very good posture. Uh, Quan is standing yeah. up straight on his cavalry unit and his horse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some balance. So as for the skill itself, um, I think it's a pretty good a slot skill. I could see some units in which this could be a pretty good effect, namely any sort of speedy tanky units. An example. I could give would probably be, say, uh, Tana, because people like to run her with the Dothnia in a sort of enemy phase build. She has pretty good speed, so I could see Steady Posture being a decent option for her. On the flip side, maybe Shigure, I know he has quite decent defense if you give him, like, a Tannen Boom and defense refine it. I could see him being quite good with that skill. I don't know how it is on Quambo, really. Uh, given his 29 base speed, Increasing it to 33 doesn't seem like the greatest increase. My general approach to gaining speed in the enemy phase is if I'm going to gain speed, I'd rather gain it in the player phase and turn my unit into a strong player phase unit that doubles. Because in the enemy phase, we have quick repost as a really strong skill. And, you know, gaining extra speed doesn't make quick repost any better. So ultimately, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the speed part of this isn't quite as strong as the plus four to his defense that you would gain from a skill like Steady Posture. Uh, and maybe even Nephany isn't a bad unit. If you do go with her special effect or fine, maybe she would not be a bad unit to double up on uh, the extra speed and defense. Yeah, Nephany. You know, I just thought of another unit who might find a decent uh, Black Knight, maybe. Okay. Because... Because Black Knight has quite a decent speed. He has 34 speed and 35 defense. If I remember. So you might switch him over from steady stance to steady posture? Yeah, <laughs> I will make my Black Knight stand up straight. And I guess if we're talking about Black Knight, we could also talk about Axe Black Knight, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she could, I think she could also be a decent option for it. So Quan also comes with Drive Attack as his C-slot skill. And, you know, this isn't a new skill in the game by any stretch, but it is a really strong C-slot skill, and I, I like Drive Attack as a skill. If Quan is the unit on this banner to drop down to four stars, from what I could tell from what people were posting on Reddit, it looks like Drive Attack would be the skill that would be fully upgraded at uh, the uh, Drive Attack 2 at four stars. So I think that would be exciting if he were to drop. Yes! It would be great, because oh, we've had... So many units with drive attack, and none of them have dropped. We have Groom Marth as he has it at four stars, but he's limited. <laughs> yeah, Groom Marth. Groom Marth does, but he's limited. Who do we have in summoning pool? We have Delphia, Leaf. We have Fjorm, and Leaf. We have Micaiah. There might be another book I can't remember right now. And they're all five star locked. I mean, we haven't quite reached Swift Sparrow levels yet. Yeah. With it. Yeah. But it is on a lot of units at this point. It's a strong skill. Uh, it would definitely be worth getting it onto other units if we can. Yeah. And, and we have it as a sacred seal at this point. So come on, IS. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Give it to us as a four-star skill. Yeah, I would, especially given all the other drive uh, skills are available at four-star. Of course, we got Telchu with drive speed, Saleil with drive res, I think, uh, Nana with drive defense so it would only make sense to finally get 
drive attack in here. Yeah, so at this point, uh, I think it might be good if we can go through some builds for Quan and talk about maybe some of the best ways to build him. And since you made the page for Quan, I can't think of anybody better to have to talk about some of his builds than you. So do you have a couple builds that you might walk through some of our listeners that might work well on Quan, Red? I'll just talk through uh, what I've actually got on this page. I've got this page up right here. So I will go down. I haven't exactly got fancy names on them, unfortunately. We, I don't know if you saw, but the writer for Luen Naz, he, he has a fantastic uh, build name for uh, Luen, which I am going to say later, but not right now. Are individual writers responsible for coming up with the names of builds? Yes. Yes. Now, as I, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I know basically nothing about Fire Emblem 4. So, I, I had nothing interesting to put on Quan. Uh, so I just, I just nicked his, um, I just nicked his special quotes. Well, that's okay. You can draw inspiration from anywhere you want for yeah. these names. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Not my greatest naming work, but... Or you can play all the way through FE4 and then come back to us yes. with some special names. I, I will, I will... Go play through Fire Emblem 4. We'll record this later. Just give, give me three hours. I will complete Fire Emblem 4 right now. Is that all it would take you? No. I, I, I'll just modify the game files and give Sigurd all, all of the stats. <laughs> Though I don't think that'd be necessary from what I've heard about Fire Emblem 4. I've heard Sigurd is quite busted. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, anyway, his builds. I've got two builds on this page. Uh, a defensive one and a offensive one. Defensively, it's pretty simple. You just run Gable. You could also, which I haven't put on yet, but I am actually going to put this on as an alternative when I've got a chance. If you want some extra effectiveness against Flyers, if I guess Flyers are a particular problem for you, you could always run a Slaying Lance instead of the Gable, which I think would be a fine option. Uh, just standard reposition or rally speed defense plus if you care about scoring. Uh, I think he's probably better ditching ditching Draconic Aura in favor of Bonfire. A lot of the time, I feel that Bonfire will probably activate for more damage, particularly because particularly because Bonfire is based off of half of his attack, half of his defense instead of Draconic Aura, which is only thirty of attack. For the A slot, Steady Stance would be my go-to. Steady Stance, in my opinion, is the best stance skill, because it boosts what I believe are the two most important stats for a defensive unit, attack and defense. You could also go for Steady Posture, because you've got it, it's cheap, why not? Yeah, and I think Sturdy Stance is just on Legendary Ephraim, is that right? Yes, which annoys me greatly, because I have so many units I want to put Sturdy Stance on. Yeah, so that's a hard one to get a hold of, but uh, yeah. if you maybe he's a good candidate if you do have an extra copy of it. Yeah. You know what's ironic? I have Legendary Ephraim, and I've put Sturdy Blow on him. That's good. Anyway, back to Quan. Um, B-slot, Quick Repost or Guard, two very good skills for enemy phase. C-slot, you may as well stick with Drive Attack, or Take Home Cavalry, or Fortify Cavalry, or... You know, whatever cavalry buff you want if you're running them alongside calves. And then, close defense seal. And immediately, just with that, you've already got a solid defensive unit. So, you take Gabolg. Let's assume he's neutral here. You take Gabolg, you take Sturdy Stance, and you take close defense. 
and say he's not fighting a flyer, that is, let me calculate here, that is 46 defense. It's pretty high. On enemy phase. Pretty good. That's enough to block some axe units. Even, like, the Hectors. I mean, I, I think he will still get trashed by a bold fighter, lover-bound Hector. He could survive that sort of stuff. Yeah, for, green units are still probably going to take him down pretty easily, or or at least uh, anyone that can double might be able to take him down pretty yeah. easily. But it's a pretty respectable defense, especially for a Cavalier who loses some BST. Yeah, compared to his other options, I mean... Who do we have defensively? We have Clive, Ambercoot, and Legendary Ephraim. Yeah. So, c considering the options we have, the only one who can even hold a candle to Quan is Legendary Ephraim. Yep, they certainly don't have the attack so. or uh, any sort of a special weapon or skills to be able to compete with Quan. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So the other set that works well on him is a more offensive one. Given his high attack, I find him to be a very good candidate for Brave Lance. So, so oh, okay. if you were to get an attack rune, and you wouldn't, if you were running Brave Lance, you wouldn't mind a Speed Bane. And then put either Luna or Moonbow onto him. You can run him with Death Blow, Chill Defense, whatever, Sea Slot doesn't really matter. You could even probably put Odd Attack Wave on him. If you want more attack every so often, but if he's on a cavalry team, he's going to be receiving buffs anyway. And then you could take attack plus three or heavy blade for a full offensive set. Heavy blade would work good if you took Moonbow, because you know it's a two cooldown. So after that first attack, assuming he outpowers his opponent, he can fully charge up Moonbow and effectively activate it every single turn. Or if you want the more powerful Luna. You can take that and run attack plus three. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of a brave lance, but got it here and there on Reddit. And, you know, it's something that it used to be anytime we'd get a pretty strong offensive unit with good attack, but pretty weak speed that we would always go to brave weapons last year. Since the weapon refinery, I think uh, brave weapon use has gone down quite a bit, but I think it's good to remember yeah. that those brave weapons are still out there. Yeah, definitely. And I do definitely think he can run it very well, particularly if you're running a brave build where you don't really care much about uh, quadding your opponent. You can just pour everything into his attack and there's not much which can survive it. Yep, with good enough attack and being able to hit twice with a brave weapon, that can be a pretty strong combination there. So yeah, thanks for sharing those builds and for um, you know for all the, all the work that you put into his game press page. We appreciate that. Thank you. So I took a look in the Mass Duel Simulator at how Quan did with uh, his, his uh, basically with his base kit and quick repost as his B-slot skill. And I gave him a plus attack minus resistance IV set. In the player phase, not too surprisingly, he doesn't impress that much. In duels, he wins about 50% of matchups, uh, you know, going until one unit dies. In the enemy phase, he does a little bit better in duels, of course, because of quick repost activating in the first combat where he takes an attack. And he wins 60% of matchups in the end phase. Uh, breaking it down into colors in the mass duel simulator, he wins 90% of matchups against red units, just a little bit above half against blue units. And he only wins about 33% or one third of his matchups against green units. So it just gives us a little bit of a flavor for what kind of a unit he is and 
uh, a standardized way of comparing different units in the game in the Mass Duel simulator, but uh, unsurprising, he's going to lose against most mages, most dragons in the game, uh, and so you'll, you'll have to keep him away from any units that do magical damage against him. So any thoughts to add to that? No, not really. Um, I think I mentioned this on the last time I was on Theology, but I don't tend to rely on the Mastual Simulator a lot, so I, it's not something I tend to use unless I'm testing specific matchups. But I do admit it is an easy way to just get a general idea for each character, but there's so many, you know, there's so many variables. You know, there's the skills you're using, the skills they're using, the terrain. Uh, you know, their merge level, whether they've received any sort of buff or support. You know, there's a lot to consider, which is why I'm not the greatest fan of using the Mastural Simulator to prove how good a unit is, but it does help. I don't think I've got... When it comes to when you're talking about the matchups, I don't think there's much I really have to add. Yeah, and I appreciate that uh, that sentiment. I, I know that your sentiment that the Mass Duel Simulator for testing how good a unit is uh, isn't the best way to go is one that a lot of people share. Uh, I know it's a common sentiment at Game Press and maybe uh, yeah. with other people too. And I can respect that sentiment. I, I think it's a good standardized way of, of being able to compare uh, like how stats play out. I know it's not the way that no, there's almost no game mode where you just be going one on one until one unit dies. So it's it's a bit of an artificial, uh, contrived way of comparing units. But it is something that we can take a look at, especially for people. You know, there there are so few people that get to pull uh, every unit and get the benefit of having firsthand experience with them. And that's why I think resources like Game Press are so valuable. Uh, for you know, it's more likely that somebody at Game Press probably has some of these units and. Uh, everybody can kind of pull their knowledge together. Uh, this is just one mm. way that maybe we can we can learn something about a unit maybe we didn't know otherwise. Um, but yeah, speaking of being able to determine how good a unit is, what sorts of tools would you use or what sorts of tools would you recommend our listeners use to figure out how good is a unit before they summon for a unit? I mean, I don't tend to use much of anything uh, when I'm good. A lot of the time, I just rely on my own knowledge. Now, that's not always an option, obviously. I can't go out and test every single unit. If we were to look at the pages I have written, I, I don't. I can tell you right away, I don't have every single unit. There are some I have and some I don't. I just tend to use my own game knowledge, and I think that's probably what you want to be doing too. I feel like you yourself are the best judge of how good someone or something is. And no amount of like help from Game Press or Theology or Tier List is really going to change that, I feel. So to most people, I would recommend to learn the game, learn what works for you, and then use the way you play the game and how you perceive it to decide for yourself what's good for you and what's bad for you. 
Yeah, and and you know, hopefully these resources, game press, theology, other things can give you like can steer you in the right direction as for the the things to look for to figure out if a unit is good or not. And yeah. I'm sure people who've listened to this podcast for a while probably already have a sense for yeah. like what makes a unit better or not as good. But um, but yeah, I agree that there's a lot that you can learn by looking at how good units that you have in your box are. Figure out what sets them apart. Uh, and, and try to try to get into things with like what stats stat spreads work well and what weapons work well and, and what sorts of things that you enjoy you personally enjoy uh, playing with in the game whether it's like weapons that double or weapons that give stat boosts or yeah. mobility or whatever it is that makes the game fun for you. Everyone is different in the way they play, so game to know what's actually good to you is good. Places like Game Press and Theology and Reddit are very good starting points, they absolutely are, but as like with most things, they are very subjective. Yeah, it's like give a, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, but if you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime, right? Yes. So anyway, why don't we uh, wrap up with Quan and go over our ratings for him. So I'm going to mention a numerical rating as I usually do on the show. Uh, and personally, I'm going to give Quan a four out of five rating. I think his PRF weapon is pretty strong. His stat spread is pretty nice as well and fairly unique among the uh, Lance Cavalry units already in the game. Uh, I really like the plus fence, uh, which makes him a really powerful offensive unit in terms of his attack. And I think that helps set him apart a little bit from, you know, all the other Lance Cavalry units we have in the game. Uh, so if I had to choose, I think probably weapons in the game that give guaranteed doubles like Flame Sigmund are, are stronger than a weapon that just, just gives a little bit more attack and defense. But I do think that this is a pretty fun uh, like effect to get on a weapon. And Quan also comes with some really good inheritable skills in drive attack, as well as the first level three dual rally skills. So I do think he has quite a few good inheritable skills. I hope he's the unit to drop to four stars, but I am not going to hold my breath on that. Uh, what would you say about Quan in terms of how good of a unit he is? I would pretty much agree with what you've said. I'm not going to give a numerical rating. Uh, that's not something I tend to do. Um, we used to give numerical ratings on Game Press, actually. Yeah, I remember that. We, Yeah, we got rid of it. Uh, generally because we found it was very vague. You know. And as such, it was very vague. A lot of people ended up always questioning it. And I would say rightfully so. If you give a unit a number without any sort of explanation, people are going to want to know why that number is as it is. It was also confusing because there was a number yeah. usually for offense and then for defense and then a tier like level and all those things. And sometimes those things didn't always match up in terms of exactly yeah. what they were, which might have confused yeah. people too. They were always kind of a bit inconsistent. So I am very happy we actually got rid of it. I find it's probably I find without it, our pages have actually gotten better. And I think that's a general consensus. But anyway, enough about that. Back onto Quan. Um, I think Quan is a very worthwhile unit, particularly if uh, you don't have a defensive lance unit right now. Someone like Shiro or Nephany or or legendary Ephraim, as we can mention before. I do think in the right situation, Flame Siegmund can be a better weapon. The problem is, is I've always had a problem with Flame Siegmund's activation requirement. How it requires you to be away from your team. It's a very 
I, I feel it's very sort of risky. And when you're on a cavalry team, it makes it hard for Ephraim to enjoy cavalry buffs. Something which, something which, uh, Quan doesn't have to suffer with. I find he, he can perform defensively, which is a breath of fresh air among the cavaliers when we have so many offensive lance cavaliers to finally get one who's more focused on defensive knights. But if you want that offense, he can do it. He can use the brave lance with an attack boon and just max it all out with death blow. So, all in all, I would say Quan is a pretty solid unit. If you do end up getting him, like as a pity breaker, say you're going for Luen and Renorths don't appear as they do most of the time, and you just have to summon on the blue and you get him, I would say try him out. Anyway, any other thoughts on Quan, or should we move on to Sylvia? I say we should move on. So let's get into the second unit on this banner, and that would be Sylvia, who is the fourth red dancer in the game, including the third red sword dancer and also the third red infantry dancer. So we have a lot of red dancers in the game, and actually just a lot of dancers in general in the game at the moment. So Sylvia comes with 40 HP, pretty pitiful there, uh, 36 speed, 17 defense, and 30 resistance for a grand total of 150 BST. Uh, she does not have any super boons. Uh, she does have super bane and defense. Both of those will drop her down a BST scoring bin. But quite frankly, if, if scoring is a big concern for you, you're probably not going to be using a dancer anyway. Uh, they can be good to use in the arena for defense, but it's not like you need to be maximizing your arena score uh, since pretty much any arena defense win with a bonus unit should be getting you the maximum amount of feathers. So I would say, personally, I think that a plus speed IV is probably the most important thing. Any sort of a speed boon is good on Sylvia. And Game Press says that minus HP is probably optimal. Uh, I actually pulled a plus speed minus attack, and I don't mind that at all because I'm not planning on using Sylvia in combats. Uh, maybe she'll take some hits, but I really don't care if she is KOing any enemies. So uh, I'll take the minus attack super bane and shrug that off. So in terms of her weapon, Sylvia comes with a new weapon in the game that is both refinable and inheritable, and it is Barrier Blade, which I understand is also a weapon in uh, FE4. So this seems to be carrying over the tradition of a weapon that's in that game. Uh, it has 14 might, and it gives plus 7 resistance in the enemy phase. So it's basically like Berkut's lance as a sword, or it's like safeguard plus, but with resistance instead of defense. So I'm curious, Red, do you think there are any units that might want Barrier Blade as uh, an inheritable weapon? Unfortunately, uh, um, no. Not in my opinion, anyway. Um... The only sword unit I would actually consider using Barrier Blade on is probably Sylvia herself, just because, you know, she comes with it. Um, especially when compared to something like uh, Safeguard. I think Safeguard can have a lot of usage because it boosts defense instead of resistance. I think a lot of problems with Barrier Blade are mainly just... When it comes to mages and magic dealers in general, it's generally the blues, which are the most prevalent. So. Against a blue foe like Reinhardt or Naui or Ishtar, I don't think it would help that much. It, it, green units, green mages can be 
seen from time to time, but I don't know if it's enough to warrant using Barrier Blade over, say, a Slaying Edge or a Rodow or whatever you've got. And really, the unit I think could make good use of it, generally have better options. People like Elliewood, Fear, and Roy, I think, could all make decent use of it, but you wouldn't because Elliewood's got Blaze and Durandal, Fear's got. I've forgotten what her personal weapon's called. The Nameless Nameless Blade. Nameless Blade, that's it. She's got that. That's why you forgot, because it has no name. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Roy's got the refined binding blade, so. But I don't I can't see myself giving it to someone. If we ever got like a red version of Effie, uh I would probably I could probably see them using the barrier blade for a set similar to Effie. So that's that's my thoughts on Barrier Blade. There's not a whole lot to say on it. Yeah, I was thinking a lot of the same things as you, and I, I think one of the issues with red units using Barrier Blade is, as you mentioned, so many of these red units come with preferred weapons, so it's hard to switch out a preferred weapon for an inheritable weapon, um, if, especially if a lot of these swords come with a really good point about there being a lot of blue mages, especially compared to other colors uh, for what we see in the current meta. And, you know, it's too bad, but Drog as a unit, just his resistance is so low. I don't know how much that's going to help him as an armor unit mm, uh, that yeah. doesn't have a PRF weapon. And I, you definitely wouldn't want to give it to Zelgius or Black Knight, I don't no, think. No, I wouldn't. So it's tough to find a really good unit for Barrier Blade, I think. Yeah, I do agree. But uh, I agree. If they come up with an Effie, a red Effie, then that could be an interesting unit. And that's Effie is the unit that tends to use Burkut's Lance anyway, I think. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll have to see down the road if we get any sort of unit that can use Barrier Blade pretty well. So let's take a look at Sylvia's skills. And so, of course, as a dancer, she's going to come with Dance as her assist skill. And for her A slot skill, she comes with Mirror Stance, which gives plus four to attack and resistance in the enemy phase. So Sylvia is the second unit in the game to come with Mirror Stance. Uh, female Morgan is the first unit to come with that, and she is five-star exclusive at the moment. And the only other skill that we get on Sylvia is Deluge Dance, which gives plus three to speed and plus four to resistance to the, uh, to the target of Sylvia's dancing after she dances for them. So at this point, we just have one more dual dance skill left, and that is the dual attack and defense dance skill. So we just need one more dancer to complete that set of skills. But ultimately, I'm not a really big fan of these dancing skills. Uh, I think you know the build that I would tend to use on Sylvia is just the standard dancer supportive build. Uh, with Moonbow as the special, Fury as the A-slot skill uh, to increase the dancer's bulk, Wings of Mercy for the unit to be able to warp around and dance for your units, and then just whatever sort of supportive skill you might put as her C-slot skill. Can you think of anything else that you might consider in a build for Sylvia? No, no, not particularly. I guess you could build her to be very uh, def magically defensive because she's got that good 30 resistance. So you could slap on like Barrier Blade, you can use Mirror Stance, and already when she's attacked, she's got um, 41 resistance, uh, up to 45 if you choose to re refine it for Barrier Blade, so she could be like a magical wall in that scenario. But besides that, no, a lot of the sword, the swords dances are very samey, uh, with the exception of course being 
uh, Elysian Travelers, Olivia, I've got the flyer one. Yeah, the flying version of Olivia. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty. She's really the only sword dancer that really stands out there, uh, mainly because of the bus that she can give and her ability to fly. Yeah. Those are two really nice benefits. Yeah. But I agree with you that Sylvia really blends in a lot with Lean and with Olivia to me. And I don't think all three of them have a distinct niche uh, to be able to stand out from each other. If you have any of them, I think that's that's fine. They have value as a dancer. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's worth spending a, any more time going over builds for a dancer, especially one that's so offensively weak like Sylvia. Her speed is really strong. But with her weak attack, there's really not that much that's going to be able to be done to make her a strong offensive unit. So I, I wouldn't even spend time trying to do that. Uh, and it would take a lot of investment in terms of skills as well to be able to do that. So yeah. in terms of how good of a unit Sylvia is, I think, you know, she has value. She is a dancer. So I think my the lowest rating I would give a dancer is in, in my numerical system is a 3.5 out of 5. And that's what I'm going to give Sylvia. But really nothing about her excites me aside from the fact that she's a dancer. And even so, we have so many dancers at this point in Fire Emblem that I think the pool of dancers is really saturated. So uh, if you don't have any dancers or if you don't have many dancers, then it's still kind of exciting to get more dancers in the game but if at this point you have a lot of dancers then it doesn't do that much more having additional dancers at this point in my opinion and she's just too similar to Olivia uh, barrier blade doesn't have a really strong role in the game at this point maybe in the future with new units maybe it could though so we'll have to see what comes down the road if maybe she becomes a better unit but unfortunately, she doesn't excite me all that much. Uh, what, what do you have to say about Sylvia's value in the game right now? Pretty, pretty much what you said. Um, I think she's a quite boring unit in general. She doesn't have a lot going for her. The only interesting part of her kit to me is Barrier Blade. I think, in my personal opinion, Mirror Stance is one of the weaker dual stance skills. Uh, just because it gives resistance. I wouldn't say it's the weakest, I would say the weakest is the the one spring Shirina has, you know, the speed and resistance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember its name. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Swift Stance? Yeah, Swift Stance, yep. Maybe. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd say that's the weakest. I'd say Mirror Stance is second, though. Compared to the other sword dancers, I think she's the, the worst of the lot. Olivia is just more worthwhile because she can come with three and four stars. It makes it easier to get the optimal IV set for her. She's by far the easiest dancer in the game to merge. Uh, when compared to her daughter, Lean, she... Lean comes with Safeguard, and I think is a better unit overall. So, Lean does have some stuff going for her. Um, and I don't think I even need to mention why Olivia is better than her. Uh, as in, flying Olivia. I mean, she's a flyer. And she has that personal weapon, which is effectively identical to the one performing Azura has. So, un unless you really like Sylvia's character, I wouldn't pull for her personally at all. Yep, and I would have to agree with you that I don't think she is very much worth summoning either, unless you really want to dance her, and for some reason, uh, you know, you already have Olivia or Lean or, or just... Like, if you just want to collect every dancer or something like that, that's really the only reason I can think of that you'd really want Sylvia, aside from liking her as a character. Yeah, all right. 
All right, so at this point, we've made it through Quan and Sylvia, and let's get to the last unit on this banner, and that would be Lewin. So Lewin is a green infantry mage, and surprisingly, he's the first new green infantry mage since Spring Sharena. It's been a long time since we got a new green infantry mage in the game, and I think he's the first green mage in general since we got Scattered Fang's Nino back in June. So this is a really underrepresented class of units in the game. So it's a little bit easier for a unit to stand out if they're good. So taking a look at Lewin's stats, he comes with 38 HP, 34 speed, 17 defense, and 25 resistance. So you can see a pretty strong player phase unit with uh, strong attack and speed stats. Uh, he comes with a grand total of 151 BST. Stat spread is very reminiscent of Scattered Fang's Nino with just one higher attack, one lower speed at base levels, but Scattered Fang's Nino also gets that plus three to her speed if she is uh, using Giga Excalibur. So tight Scattered Fang's Nino can fly, so that's a little bit of a difference there, but their defense and their resistance are exactly the same. And taking a look at boons and banes, so Lewin comes with a super boon in resistance and a super bane in HP and defense. Ultimately, I don't think these super boons and banes make all that big of a difference. They don't change anything with scoring, and these aren't necessarily uh, too important either way in terms of boons or banes. So uh, I, I think the optimal IVs are probably plus speed and minus any of the defensive stats, including defense, resistance, or HP. But I actually think a plus attack IV can be pretty strong as well, uh, because as we'll talk about in a moment, he's going to be doubling a lot with his speed and his weapons. So uh, I think either of those are pretty strong ways to go. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add, Red, about uh, Lewin's stats or IVs? I I don't think so. His stat line is very solid for an offensive mage, of course. 34-37, that is just solid immediately. I know a few people were disappointed that he's slower than um, Scattered Fang's Nino. Given he sort of got a reputation in the final community of being extremely, extremely fast. Like, I believe he's known as the fastest unit in his game in Fire Emblem 4. So, I, I do think some people were a bit disappointed, but still, 37 speed, that's nothing to scoff at. That's really, really good, really fast. Plenty fast enough to get the job done. Yeah, and there's quite a bit you can do to make him even faster with skills and seals as well. Yeah, there's plenty you can do to buff speed. Speed is relatively easy to buff in general. So... It is fine for him. I, I am on agreement with the IVs. You want to either attack or speed with, frankly, any of the defensive stats. I he, I think he's one of the few majors where it doesn't really matter which defensive stat you get. Like, if you had someone like uh, Nino, you would, as in regular Nino, you would probably want a defensive bane of resistance because Nino actually has, if I recall correctly, pretty alright resistance to the point where she can tank, like, Reinhardt and stuff. So... With her, you would want to keep resistance. The thing with Lewin is his weapon. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty much means any defensive bane can work. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think, the main reason why it doesn't matter if he takes a hit in his defense or his resistance or his HP, because 
you know, a lot of player phase units that are so strong, they might not care which stat. Like, Celica comes to mind for me that she can probably be okay no matter which of her defensive stats she might lose also for the same type of reason. But it's even magnified for Lewin because of his weapon for Seti, which is a 14 might uh, preferred weapon. And it has, I think, a, a unique effect that we don't see with anybody else in the game that when he has uh, above 50% HP, and when he's initiating combat, his follow-up attacks occur immediately after his initial attack. So everybody's been describing this as a reverse desperation effect. It's it's not going to guarantee double guaranteeing follow-up attacks or anything like that, like a, like a bold fighter type of a skill. But if somebody is able to double with their natural speed, then it's going to change the order of attacks at Lewin twice in a row. So it's a really strong effect, and that's why if he has a defense bane, if he has a resistance bane, that might not even matter because hopefully he's able to take out his foes in the two attacks that he's going to get, hopefully, uh, if he's fast enough to double. So uh, what are your initial thoughts about this weapon, Red? I think it's a fantastic weapon, frankly. Um, when you compare it to like the normal Desperation, I find Facetti is a lot more easier to work with because... It requires him to be above the HP threshold rather than below it, and it's a pretty generous HP threshold at, you know, 50%. So, I mean, when you have a normal Desperation Mage like Nino, I'll just take for example, um, she can't use it out of the box. She's spawned into the match, she has full HP, she can't use Desperation. With Lewin, that's not a problem, though, you know. You can just, you get into the match, boom, he's got Facetti active. He can, if he can double it, he can do both of his attacks immediately, which I think is fantastic. It lets him eas more easily deal with stuff like Hector. Uh, all forms of Hector can fall to Lewin really easily because they're all really easily doubled by him. And he can attack before they even get the chance to attack back. Yeah, and this strikes me as something that's particularly useful in the arena or arena assault where you're starting off a battle and everybody has full HP. And so that's going to be really helpful there in maybe longer game modes. If you're using him in a Tempest Trials or a Chain Challenge, if you don't have a way of getting him healed, then it's really important to keep his HP up. Otherwise, he's going to lose this effect and he's not going to be as useful unless you give him Desperation as a B-slot skill, which probably isn't ideal. But it, I agree with you. It's a Yeah, I wouldn't it's, do it. It's a really attractive weapon in terms of being able to double without any type of setup ahead of time. That's a really nice ability there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't consider Desperation on him just because of his B-slot skill, which we will got to get on. Yeah, exactly. If he came with, with something kind of boring as a B-slot skill, it might be an option to always be doubling first when uh, he initiates combat. But yeah, let's get into some of his skills now. So he comes with a special, which is Glimmer. So two cooldown count special. And it's a pretty good option for him. And we'll talk about why that is in a moment when we talk about his other skills. Uh, in terms of his A-slot skill, he comes with Sparrow. So, Red, did you ever think we'd see the day when a male unit in Fire Emblem Heroes would have Swift Sparrow? A male has Swift Sparrow. Oh my, it's, it's surprising. It's, like, you you know, there was like an entire fanfare, like, oh my, Lewin has Swift Sparrow. <laughs> I am a bit sick of seeing Swift Sparrow on everyone. They put it on everyone. We have it on, I think it's 10 units 
in the game right now. We have it on 10 units. It's almost, I think it's always on Mage, or I guess uh, Lucina and uh, Ira. Legendary Lucina and Brave Lynn and Ira. Okay, yeah, so it's not only on Mages, but it seems like every new ma good mage that comes out, we get Swift Sparrow. It's as a just skill. because it's the best option. So we're like, okay, we, we need people to have a reason to pull this mage. Or let's give them immediately the best A slot. There, done. Yeah, it's good They've for scoring. At least until we get a Swift Sparrow 3, it's it's a good skill for scoring yes. purposes. So It's nice for a unit to come with Swift Sparrow. I, I know it's on a lot of units at this point. I mean, I'm still waiting for the first unit to get demoted with Swift Sparrow. Not that it has to be a 4-star available skill, but it, it would be nice to get it on a unit that's available at 4 stars. Yeah. But basically, the, the Swift Sparrow is like the, the kiss of death for any unit potentially being demoted down to the 4-star yeah. rarity. So I wouldn't I mean, expect I mean, it for Lewin. I mean, even without it, I wouldn't expect Lewin to get demoted. Exactly. They could have given him resistance plus three, and I would still be convinced he isn't getting demoted. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that is his A slot skill, which is pretty solid for uh, for his player phase uh, player phase stats and his skills as well. And then his B slot skill is also pretty exciting and oh, yeah. one of the most exciting skills on this banner, I think. So he comes with it looks like shoelaces in the icon. That's what I keep thinking of when I see it. Shoelace but skill. it's called Special Spiral. Uh, and it is an inheritable skill. So the effect of this is basically like dark mistletane on Ares uh, or on Eldigan. And it uh, when a special triggers either before that, it grants a cooldown count of minus two after combat. So basically what this means is any special that triggers other than Gale Force is going to receive this effect. And it, unlike Dark Mistletane, it doesn't have a cooldown count reduction involved in it, the minus one cooldown count that Dark Mistletane has. But it's going to allow this quicker cooldown charging every time a special triggers uh, after your combat. So you could be activating this multiple times on a single turn if your unit engages in multiple combats in the same turn. So at the moment, uh, this skill is limited to infantry and armor units to be inherited to. Uh, and it's also not inheritable to any healers uh, with their kind of like special specials. They they don't have like the offensive types of specials that they have. Uh, so any thoughts about this brand new skill? Any thoughts about the maybe the best units to get this skill or any builds that you think can really use special spiral well? There's a lot you could say about special spiral. First, did I just say special spiral? I mean, special spiral. Special spiral the dragon? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a unit I want, Spire of a Dragon. Yeah, uh, a crossover. <laughs> crossover of the history. Okay, Special Spiral. Um, <laughs> I think it's a really good skill, definitely. I am glad it's restricted to not uh, cavalry. Could you just imagine um, if Ares could get it and it's stacked, he could have an Aether charged at the start of every round. Yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that would be quite ridiculous. Could you imagine putting it on Reinhardt? Oh gosh, that would be a terror in the arena. He could have, he could have Luna ready to go immediately. Yeah, I well, well, not ready to go immediately. He'd have um, one cooldown, but Dire Thunder doubled anyway, so not a problem. Yeah, I think that would be uh, instant tier number one uh, type of material yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, let's stop discussing hypothetical situations. And like, <laughs> well, no, I've got one more. I've got one more. I could see if a Vantage Seal ever came into fruition. 
special Spyro. I keep calling it Spyro. <laughs> okay, screw it. I'm I'm calling this I'm calling this skill Spyro for the rest of this. Okay, so if Advantage Shield was to come out, I could see a special Spyro being quite something. Um, if you were to give say Legendary Moth a distant counter, special Spyro, and the Vantage Seal. Uh, once he's had that first round of combat, he will have Fire Emblem ready to go every single turn. Well, every single round of combat, actually. Because, you know, you got Special Spyro reducing it to, well, ready, immediately. When I wrote uh, Legendary Mars page, because I am his author, um, I said one of my problems with him was the fact that I don't think he's very self-sustainable. I don't think... He can rely on Fire Emblem to reliably utilize Exalted Falchion. I think he should still always receive support. I feel like this set I've just specified here would kind of pretty much offset that, given he's going to be activating it all the time anyway. So he's effectively at plus four all the time. Uh, especially if you had uh, pull shooters on your team, you know, like um, Legendary Hector, I think, comes with Ostium Pulse. Sure. And, yeah, and, um, or you have another user with infantry pulse. If you can have uh, it ready to go immediately, that would be ridiculous. And then, like, if he's got vantage, he can then fire off a fire emblem against anyone who attacks him first turn or before they get a chance to retaliate. And I think that could be ridiculous. And he gives all the units that are all of his allies buffs, too, in that trigger. So it helps everybody. Yeah. So he's getting all the buffs to everyone. Everyone's getting plus four. He's getting plus eight. Uh, just ridiculous. Some of the hypothetical situations with Vantage Seal. Um, I, I I thought about this and I thought, oh my god, that is so evil. Um, Ira, give her Distant Counter, give her Special Spyro, and give her Vantage. Okay. And then instead of a weapon, like normally if you did the DC Wrath build on Ira, you'd want a plus speed. Slaying Edge, but since we got Special Spyro, we don't need that. Give her a plus speed Wodow. So she's still getting that Wrath effect. And that way, once she's got, you know, Special Spyro going, she's got a Regnal Astra, backed by a plus speed Wodow, before your, any other unit could even attack her. Or... Think of a similar build with Carla, except since she's got Vassal Blade, she could use something like Luna or Draconic Aura. Yeah, that would be devastating. And and really, the, the biggest downside to this as a beast or as, as a skill is initiating it and getting it going. Uh, the first attack, perhaps, mm. without it. And that's why I like your idea of uh, using different pulse skills to get this special ready to be triggered in the first uh, round of combat. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think, I think in order for the build I've just specified to work, you'd want it ready to go immediately. So uh, you couldn't use quickened pulse, obviously, because the, the slot would be taken up by advantage. Um, but yeah, I think that could be a very devastating combo but that entirely hinges on advantage seal coming out and we don't know if that will ever come out but they brought out a quick repost seal anything is possible yeah that's that's the only reason why i have hope that maybe we'll get a vantage seal someday and also that it's yeah. i don't know they it's been a skill that's been in the game for so long i would be surprised if we never got it it would be pretty useful on a lot of units uh it would you know, Ares yeah. and uh, Eldigan with Dark Mistletane or Sword Reinhardt, uh, they do so well with Vantage, even in the current meta. 
uh, because of their ability to, yeah. you know, Reinhardt can double in the enemy phase, uh, and Ares being able to trigger his special every single round of combat with a three cooldown special. Basically, you'd be able to rep it in the game if we got Vantage as a B-slot skill, so I think that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. Anyway, some other uses for Spyro. Um, I think it could be very interesting with the area of effect skills on Mages particularly. I recently updated Celica's page, and... I had her second build on the page recommend Blazing Wind, Special Spyro, and Heavy Blade. And, of course, yeah, I don't think it's physically possible to infantry pulse her to the point where she could actually have Blazing Wind ready to go, given it's a four-turn cooldown. But she could have it beyond her first part, thanks to Heavy Blade, and, I mean, then she can have, you know, Blazing Wind ready to go. She attacks someone, and then... Of course, you've got Blazing Wind on your full turn cooldown then. But then she hits back, she activates Heavy Blade to reduce it to 2. At this point, I would be very surprised if whatever she's attacking is still standing. And then, combat will end, she gets Special Spyro triggered. And she's straight again, ready to go with Blazing Wind. So I could see that being um, an interesting way to use it. And I think there is actually a build like that on Ares' page, if I remember correctly. Uh, with uh, yeah, with AOE specials, yeah, I think he can do the same kind of AOE abuse. The, the tricky thing about AOE specials, as you were touching on, is that if a unit can't activate it on their second attack, if they're able to double, it won't activate the uh, the AOE effect on the second attack. It'll just kind of like sit there. So you have to activate it on the first attack. So even if you got it down to a, like yeah. a one cooldown and she was initiating an attack, she still couldn't activate it, even if she can double. But mm. yeah, still very very strong build. And even though we tend not to use AoE specials all that much, uh, you know, they're potentially gaining a use in the game again based on some yeah. of these reduction of cooldowns. Yeah. Just got to look out for Vantage <laughs> as a skill. Yeah, yeah Vantage. Use Hardy Bearing! Yeah. No. Well, I think <laughs> if, if they came out with a Vantage seal, suddenly Hardy Bearing would, would be useful in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, the other thing, which I don't... I'm, someone somewhere must have mentioned it at some point, but... Um, for archers, daggers, and blue mages in particular, remember, they actually have a inheritable weapon with desperation built in. Uh, they have the fishy boat, the seashell, and the juicy wave, of course, from Summer, Takumi, Lind, and Camilla. Mm, that's right. So, so what you could do is... is I'm telling you, if if he could take it, I would totally put a special Spyro on a Summer Takumi with the fishy bow. Um, say let's take Bridal Cordelia, um, and we give her the fishy bow, which in <laughs> itself is already a, a hilarious thought. Then we give her special Spyro, and either have, she could use Heavy or Flashing Blade, or she could use something else. Um, they could use, say, Luna and have it pretty much always ready to go. You know, give her some, give her two infantry pulses. She's got it on a one-turn cooldown. She can do her first attack, but then she can use Desperation, which she wouldn't be able to do on her first attack anyway, because, well, it's her first attack. And then she can activate Luna number second. But then she's got Desperation, but she's also always got Luna at a one-charge cooldown. So... You know, she can repeatedly activate it, and she can uh, avoid enemy counterattacks because she's got that desperation. So I think I think that might be one way they could use it. Also, if you had a fire sweep weapon, like a fire sweep bow, 
because they don't need desperation at all. So you could plonk on, uh, you could plonk on special Spyro and get that Luna out immediately, or you could use Moonbow to have that ready to go at the start of every round. Yeah, I think with special Spyro, there, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. It's going to be hard to decide who to put it on because there's so many good options. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can tell you who I'm going to put it on. No one, because I haven't pulled Lewin. <laughs> well, maybe if you if you try to decide summoning for Lewin, hopefully you'll have some good luck and be able to. Yeah. Well, it, it's hard because if you pull one, you might want to keep him. He's he's a good unit. But if you pull maybe an extra one or one with bad IVs. <laughs> so touching on my thoughts on special Spyro. Um, so we have, <laughs> I think you hit on a lot of great uses for it. Uh, I, you know, the first units that come to mind for me are any units with two cooldown specials, and you already hit on a lot of them in Ira, uh, Legendary Marth also. And the only other one that has like a, a PRF uh, two cooldown count special is Zelgius. And I know a lot of people, when this, this skill was first announced and they saw that it was inheritable to armor units, were freaking out, thinking that people are going to put this on all of their armor units in the arena and it's going to be impossible to beat them. But I think that Bold Fighter is still a better skill for Zelgius and for a lot of other armor units in the arena. So I don't, I wouldn't be too concerned that this is going to be a, a really like meta heavy skill um, in I think other people who care about scoring purposes might keep Warp Powder on Zelgius if they're not putting a 300 SP A slot skill, depending on where you are in the arena and what's you know what types of uh, scores you're facing. So, I think two cooldown specials work best with this special Spiral skill, so you always have the special ready. But you are hitting on a lot of examples where you can use uh, things to reduce your cooldown count uh, using Infantry Pulse or other types of pulse skills like Legendary Hector's Ostia Pulse. Uh, you can use Heavier Flashing Blade and combine that with this skill. And so that's going to make a four cooldown spe uh, count special work a lot better if your unit is doubling pretty much all of the time. And that includes AoE specials, which you covered as well. So I think that covers a lot about what we might be able to do with this new special spiral skill. Uh, and we'll just have to keep our eyes on what people end up doing and what new skills come out in the future to continue getting ideas for what might be the... So my recommendation for people is to just kind of hold off on some on this new skill in particular, unless you have a very specific idea for it, hold off and you know take a step back and wait until people explore these skills a little bit more. And then we might have... Uh, like You would probably hate to fodder this skill off to a unit and then find out that there's another unit that uses it a lot better. So just hold off for the moment if you do pull an extra copy or a copy of Lou and you'd like to fodder off uh, and just like consider what people have to say yeah. about it before you make any impulsive decisions. And who knows, maybe Lewin will be the next Lucre Saber and not come back for another year on a banner, even though I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, despite how rare Luke apparently is, he has no problem pity breaking me. I've gone like... I've gone, like, I've gone like six of him. Wow. I think all of my hexes have panic play at this point from him. <laughs> at least he's useful um, for something. But, but yeah, yeah, definitely be careful when forging skills, especially rare stuff like that. But don't be afraid to use them if you're pretty confident, you know, where you're going to use it is going to be uh, useful to you. I mean, I've had some units sitting in my barracks for like years now just because I'm like, you know, I could give this unit this skill, but I... There might be just one unit, like, in, I don't know, five months, which I need this skill for. 
Yeah, and I, I have to say, there's a lot of units that can use this skill well, but I don't think there's any one, like, there. it feels like there's, like, one thing missing for a lot of these units that we're talking about to use it perfectly, like with Legendary Marth, how a Vantage yeah. Seal would just be perfect, or, you know, it just feels like just a little off for everybody it would be great, but not necessarily the, like, the obvious unit that you should definitely inherit this skill to. So be patient, there might be someone else that comes out, or if you have a favorite unit that you'd like to use this this skill on then you know absolutely go for that as well yeah in terms of uh c slot skills so you mentioned it that he comes with odd attack wave which is one of my favorite c slot skills in the game and it's also available on ishtar of course as i mentioned uh, i think it is a little bit odd that we're getting our second copy of odd attack wave when we haven't gotten even attack wave uh, but I don't know. I, I can't really explain how intelligent systems does these things. I don't, sometimes. I don't think anyone can. I mean, they, they just seem to do things they want anyway. They're like, oh, you know what? You know what? We want to do this today. Let's just let's just do this. You know what? That sounds cool. We'll do that. Oh, so we have two copies of odd attack wave and none of even attack wave in the game for whatever reason right now. And looking over some builds for Lewin, so I have to say, I, I think his base kit is really close to optimal. And yeah. for most players, uh, you, there's really no reason that you have to change any a fantastic unit out of the box. Uh, I think in terms of specials, I think Moonbow and Glimmer are both really good options for him. Uh, Game Press, the uh, optimal build on there has Dragon Fang as his uh, optimal special there. Uh, and that's going to be a good special to run if you're pairing that with Flashing Blade or Heavy Blade, depending on your IVs and your set for Lewin. And so that's going to work, uh, you know, after the first time that he activates his special, then he's going to get every single combat he's going to activate Dragon Fang. And I have to say, there really aren't that many units that use Dragon Fang all that well. But I think Lewin, with his really high attack stat and kind of poor defense and resistance, is going to be one of the perfect units to use Dragon Fang as a special if you want to go with... Uh, an attack-based uh, offensive special and are okay with it not activating on the first round of combat. Yeah. And looking at his uh, C-slot skill, he comes with auto attack wave. It's fantastic. There's no reason you have to replace that. Even speed wave might be a, a slightly better C-slot skill for Lewin, especially if you don't get a plus speed copy of him. Uh, in my opinion, it's basically a toss-up. Either one of those works fantastic. Even speed wave is not an easy skill to get, and Carla's a fantastic unit, so you might not want to sack her if you only have one copy or trying to merge her up. And one other thought that Game Press had that I thought is really good is that life and death is a really good skill uh, for Lewin. Usually when Swift Sparrow comes on a unit, I wouldn't necessarily recommend replacing it with any other skill uh, because it is a premium skill and it's a really strong player phase skill. But in this case, Lewin, as we mentioned before, isn't going to have to be dealing with follow-up attacks or counterattacks from foes. So... Because he's mainly going to be used in the player phase, he doesn't really mind taking a hit to his defense and his resistance, and you can get you can squeeze that one extra attack and one extra speed out of him by giving him life and death. So nothing wrong with keeping Swift Sparrow on him, nothing wrong with using his base kit. He's a fantastic unit up and down, and actually I think he's one of the best fodder units in the entire game, which is tough because he's such a good unit, but uh, what else would you add to what I just said there, Red? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know, actually, because I think you've covered pretty much all bases. Uh, as I said earlier, i got to give a shout-out to Naz, the author of Game Press's Luem page, for his probably one of the best build names on the entire website. 
frankly. I, I feel confident saying that. What was that? Knees weak, arms are heavy, mum's facetti. Being a reference to... Is that all the memes where they're coming from on Reddit? Yeah, well, well, well. Um, or, or did the they Game start before? The first time I noticed it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, the, the person who first posted to Reddit, um, someone commented on it saying Game Pass actually made the same joke. Which, okay. I mean, that's fine. People think of the same joke. If you, if you guys don't know, that's a reference to a song by Eminem, which I think is actually called uh, Mom's Spaghetti. Yeah. And, and one of the lyrics in it is His palms are sweaty, knees heavy. Arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. Now, of course, he's excluded the um, vomit part for understandable reasons. But it's just a fun joke. I, I like it. I'm not, a, like, a huge Eminem fan or anything, but I just have to give him credit where credit's due for that name. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's from uh, um, Eminem's song Lose Yourself, his his hit single Lose Yourself, uh, right? Oh, that was called. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the name of it. I think most people just say it's Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> Another time we can be singing that, on that, this episode the, together. <laughs> that, that, that's the line people know from that song. Yep. So yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, and, but anyway. <laughs> good, t- good build yeah. name. I agree with that. Yeah. What else would you say yeah. about any Anything else to add other than um, this wonderful build name? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not really. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely Facetti, Dragonfang, Life and Death, Special Spyro, even Speedway. I would run Flashing Blade over Heavy Blade on him, because uh, with Special Spiral, he's going to be having that Dragon Fang cooldown at 2 at the start of combat. So he's only going to get the Dragon Fang, ac- Dragon Fang activation if he doubles. And since that's the case, you may as well run Flashing Blade, because if he doubles his opponent, he's, he's, he's using Flashing, he's going to be proccing Flashing Blade anyway. Whereas Heavy Blade could still be up in the air depending on, you know, which opponent he's fighting. Yeah. Especially if he's at a weapon triangle disadvantage, which will lower his attack. Is he Blade? I, like his, uh, the triangle advantage, does that factor in? I don't actually, I, now that I've said that, I don't actually know. About that either, come think of it. Um, it, I don't really know, actually. I don't think I've officially tested that out, and I don't think I know for certain. Neither have I, but I think in general, just I'd, I'd just go with Flashing Blade on him. Cause, mainly because I use Heavy Blade elsewhere. I think Heavy Blade works better on physical units, whereas Flashing Blade can work better on these sort of fast mages. Because, I mean, if, if, he's getting the, if he's getting the double, he's activating Flashing Blade, so you may as well go for that. Or, I mean, of course, you could, you could ditch Flashing Blade altogether and just go for a Glimmer. Or even keep... No, no, keeping Glimmer with Flashing Blade would be pointless, because, yeah, that would be pointless. But you could also give him Glimmer and, you know, use a different ace slot, like, I don't know what else he'd even use. Um, maybe just because it's his first attack, he'd maybe want to use Quickened Pulse, because then he can reduce his Glimmer cooldown to 1. And then he can activate Glimmer during his first round, assuming he doubles. Yeah, or just plus attack or plus plus speed. Sacred Seals can work pretty well, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think I have much... Apart from that, I don't have much more. It's kind of tough, because we don't have a ton of great uh, player phase uh, Sacred Seals. I mean, we have all these attack Sacred Seals, all these speed ones. We do have Quick and Pulse and Heavy and Flashing Blade. But I think after you get past that, the the list is kind of short on good ones for offensive units. Yeah. Off to get a lot more towards 
defensive stuff or supportive stuff. Yeah. So anyway, looking at uh, matchups, we'll go back into the Mass Duel Simulator one more time for Lewin. We, we didn't do that for Sylvia because she's really not an offensively oriented unit. And frankly, she's just not going to do well in the simulator anyway. So you, you can just take my word for it. Um, so looking at the Mass Duel Simulator with his base kit, uh, he wins 72% of matchups in the player phase against the entire hard pool, which is pretty impressive. Not many units do that well with just their base kit. And with a, uh, I believe it was plus speed and minus resistance uh, IV set, although it really doesn't make a huge difference what his bane is in the Mass Duel Simulator, just like we said before. Uh, with life and death, he goes up a little bit to 77% in the mass duel simulator in the player phase. And it's he wins 90% of his matchups against blue and green units and 70% against red units, which is still really impressive. So he, he does really well against the entire cast, which is not surprising given his really strong skills, his really strong stats, and his really powerful weapon in Forsetti and Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> so taking... Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? No, 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 no. It just it goes to show that Lewin is just a pretty great unit in general. Yep. Even, even though, as I said before, the I don't rely on the Mastual Simulator a lot. You can you can see from that that he can do incredibly well in. Um, with what I can do. Yep, it's certainly better than yeah. uh, how Quan was doing in the Mass Duel Simulator, so it gives us some sense for uh, for his power, even though we can see that just in other ways too, looking at stats and skills as well. Uh, and so so also when he has Dragon Fang, that, that was just with Glimmer with his base kit there. When he has Dragon Fang, he does closer to like 90% in the player phase against all units uh, once that is ready to be activated. So it's a very strong ability. The only thing with uh, Special Spiral is just making sure that you're good enough on the first couple of turns, since you most likely won't be able to trigger a special uh, on the first thing there, is getting into that range to activate Special Spiral. So in terms of rating Lewin as a unit, I think he is a yeah. really strong unit. Uh, in my rating system, I'm going to give him a 4.75 out of 5. Uh, he's a really strong unit. It's He's in a class of units that's underrepresented in the game right now. We don't have a ton of great green mages in the game. Uh, and even the ones that we do have were units that were released so long ago, like Nino that you know was released at the game's release. And... Even, you know, not many good infantry green mages in that. So I think Forseti is a way to kind of freshen the green mage pool. It's a fantastic weapon. Uh, it, it almost turns him into a brave type weapon user, like a dire thunder type of weapon, if he's fast enough to activate desperation in his weapon. And usually he's going to be. So I think your main job, if you're using Lewin, is make sure that he retains at least 50% of his HP to make sure he continues to get this effect on him. And that's not a problem if you're using him in the arena for the first couple of combats, or at least the first one. But uh, if you're using him to take out a couple of units in the arena or other game modes, you'll just have to be aware of what his HP level is, or he might not. He might surprise you with how he doesn't do well if he falls below 50% HP. So I, as I mentioned before, I think he's one of the best skill inheritance units for fodder in the game as well. Uh, you know, he's almost definitely not going to drop down below five stars. I think that's pretty much a given. But if you do pull a copy or an extra copy of him, it's going to be a tough decision whether you want to build him or fodder him off. So I love player phase units. I'm really excited about Lewin. Uh, what do you think about Lewin as a unit? There's not much more I can add, frankly. You've pretty much 
said everything. He's just fantastic. Fantastic stats. Facetti is fantastic. His base kit is beautiful. It's very good. Uh, which is just great because it means, you know, less inheritance. He's better for players on a bit more of a budget since they don't have to do as much inheritance. And he's a fantastic father. There's really nothing not to love about him. I would say he's definitely the best infantry green mage, in my opinion. And maybe the best green mage in the game. The only person who I think could rival him is Scatterfang Nino because she has that flying advantage. And having that flying advantage is, for me personally, I think a big bonus because of how maneuverable flyers are and the fact they get access to those flyer buffs. So I think between the two, it's debatable which one I think is actually the better. I could see arguments for Luwin. I could see arguments for Scatterfang Nino. I'm not going to choose between them because I could not. Uh, he's definitely a great recommendation if you like using mages or offensive units in general. That's sort of not actually my thing. I like to play a bit more defensively with most of my characters. Um, even though I do like using mages from time to time, I tend to play the game in a lot more of an enemy phase style. You know, baiting my units and as such. I like units with high attack, high defense. And more of an enemy phase focus. But Lewin, I can understand just why he's so powerful. And he definitely is. He's definitely recommended for pulling if you are looking for a good green mage. I am curious though. I am curious. What would he need for you to put him at 5 out of 5? Probably the initial, uh, the initial combat is the one thing that... He can use, uh, like, the units that I have a 5 out of 5 right now or like, some of the Brave Heroes. Um, I've given, I know not everybody agrees with this, but I, I gave Brave Celica a 5 out of 5 uh, because of, you know, because of her double lion effect, her ability to quad. And with Deathblow 4, odd attack wave, and double lion, she's able to take out, uh, like, 98% of the cast in the Mass Duel Simulator, uh, activate Gale Force if you're using that on her, and potentially take out two units on the same turn. Um, and then like Legendary Hector, um, Brave Ephraim, those are some of the units that I've given a five out of five. I think just that first combat for Lewin, just getting him started a little bit better. Um, and that's really the only thing that I think could be a little bit better about him. But you know, the skills are so strong. Uh, his his weapon is so strong and so unique. If maybe if he was a little bit faster as well, I, I think you know as you touched on his his speed, it's high, but we've gotten a lot of fast units in the game recently, and there's the possibility that you might not have enough speed to double some units that are really strong in the game. So that's that's maybe some of the few weak areas for Lewin, even though I think he's a really strong unit, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that pretty much covers anything. Thank you. So, taking since you just touched on it, what, what do you think about these units and whether they're worth summoning for uh, in Lewin, Quan, and Sylvia? Like, who would you, who would you summon, or who would you recommend listeners to summon for? What would the order be that you'd recommend for, for summoning each of them? Um, for 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 me personally, my order, like my personal order, would be Quan, Lewin, Sylvia, but. That's very unique to me because of how I like to play the game. In reality, so for most... You like those yeah. those enemy phase units enough to pull yeah. on over Lewin, huh? Yeah, 
I mean, it helps I go on my free summon. <laughs> so, so that's quite beneficial. Anyway, but for most people in general, I would recommend Lewin, Quan, Sylvia. Lewin is, well, he's just fantastic. He's definitely the one if you want to go for anyone on this banner. He's the one you want to get. He's the one with all the juicy fodder, all the juicy stats, all the juicy skills. He's got everything. Sylvia, I actually would not... It, uh, outside of you liking the character herself, I would not recommend pulling Sylvia at all. I would just say, pull Red on a different banner, and hopefully pick up Olivia along the way. And then you've got someone who can perform very similar to Sylvia, just you've got a better chance of getting good IVs, and it's easier to get mergers for her. Juan, I feel, is a middle ground. I feel he is worth summoning, personally. Um, even for the average player, because he's not your typical offensive Lance Cavalier. He's quite useful in his niche alone, just given that his best alternative is locked to a legendary banner. But otherwise, he isn't as good as other defensive Lance fighters, in my opinion. So people like Nephany, pretty much any armoured uh, Lance unit. Shiro, you know, any sort of M-Lot, I think they can do better. But still, he's definitely, in my opinion, more worthwhile than Sylvia is. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Well, so, I mean, personally, I like offensive player phase units. So my my order of summoning is, in recommended order of summoning, are the same. I would say Lewin is number one, and then Quan and Sylvia. And I, I totally agree with you that Sylvia really is only worth summoning if you really like her as a unit or if for some reason you just really need an extra dancer on your team and this is the time that you want to summon. But, uh, I, you know, Lewin is a really strong unit. I think he's definitely worth summoning for for most players. Uh, the only thing is, you know, since since thinking about all this analysis and doing all this research for this episode, we have seen the newest calendar come out for the upcoming month. And maybe a lot of people listening mm. have already made their decisions to pull or not to pull. But uh, you know, we have so many new heroes coming over the next couple of weeks. That And we have time to think a little bit more about this banner if you haven't already summoned. So maybe you want to hold off a little bit, if, especially if you're free to play uh, or if you, you just don't have too many orbs and you want to prioritize well at this point, then maybe see what's coming down the road because there is so much coming down the pipeline. And I'd, I'd hate for people to spend uh, orbs on Lewin and find out that maybe somebody even better is coming in the, one of the next two banners. Yeah. Especially um, given how long the new unit banners have been lasting recently. I mean, we got one coming up, which is a month long. I can't remember if that's this Friday or next Friday. I think it's the upcoming one that's like a full month. And then the one after that is still, it's at least, it, it might just be two weeks, but it seems like these banners are getting a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Here's one thing uh, in deciding if you want to summon for any of these new genealogy units. It, think to yourself, do you want to summon Flora from Fates? If you do, don't summon, because it looks like she's going to be on Friday's banner, based on the achievement leak we had earlier today. Yeah, or if you like uh, Fates units in general, then, you know, you might want to hold off there, too. So those are my thoughts on Lewin. I, I think Quan, I'm up in the air. I I'd say probably not worth summoning for, in my opinion. Uh, I think you can fulfill a similar... If you already have Legendary Ephraim, then you already have a pretty similar unit to him. 
Uh, if you don't have him, then most likely you've had or have sent home an, a copy of Oscar, who, you know, he's more of an offensive type of unit, but he can fulfill a, t- a similar type of role to Quan as a three and four star available unit. And unless we get Quan dropping to four stars after this banner, then you'll be able to get Oscar a lot more readily. Uh, and Sylvia, we we just have so many dancers in the game right now. I'm almost to the point where I don't even care if they continue releasing more dancers, unless they unless they release more flying dancers or something new like armored dancers or cavalry dancers, which would be a total um, <laughs> would be terrible in the game probably with with the impact at least in some uh, scoring ranges in the arena. Unless we get something like that or another dancer with the uh, the earther scold type of boost to unit stats. I think we just have so many dancers in the game, we've hit the dancer saturation point. So that's what I think about these units on the banner. Lewin worth summoning for, the other two probably not as much unless you really like them as heroes. Uh, any thoughts about who's going to drop to four stars at the end of this banner? I can dream and hope it's Lewin, but it's not going to happen. So Yeah, dream on, another to quote another song title. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it's going to be either Quan or Sylvia. Um, yeah. I know which one of the two I want to drop, and it's Quan. And it's simply yeah. because he's infinitely more useful as fodder. Because yep, he's got I that drive attack, there. he's got drive speed defense plus. If you really need it, he's got Draconic Aura. If you somehow lack um, a Camilla to sacrifice. Yeah. Or, I, I don't know whether units come with Draconic Aura. Uh, I think female Someone's... female Corrin, I think, is the other uh, force. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um... Whereas, so he's got quite a good bit of stuff, and even Steady Posture, that's pretty good. But since it would seem to require him to be 5 stars, I don't know if it's that worth it. Um, whereas for Sylvia, I think he's a bit pointless. Mirror Stance, one of the weakest dual stances. The Dance B-slot I don't really use. And Barrier Blade, I don't really use either. I think, in terms of performance, in terms of raw unit performance... Sylvia would be the more likely to drop, just because Quan has a lot of useful stuff to him, whereas Sylvia doesn't. I think this is where we're going to see just how much Intelligent Systems actually does value um, assist, the dance assist as a, you know, an assist slot. Because we saw with Ares and Lean, they are willing to keep up dancers. Even though the alternative is so good, lean with pretty similar stats and everything to uh, to Sylvia, and she stayed at five stars. Kind of surprised me anyway. And Aries yeah. dropped. That was surprising to me. But people, it's it's like dance in the red corner and valor skills in the blue corner. It's like which one of those two was the thing that kept lean at five stars? Yeah, and this is gonna. I think this is gonna determine it. If Quan drops and Sylvia stays at five stars, I am convinced it's going to be the dance ability, which is keeping them off. Yep. And whereas if Sylvia drops, if whereas if Sylvia drops, and Quan doesn't, I'm going to be thinking, do they really care that much about Valor? Like, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything in arena. It just makes it. Just, it just makes your life easier a little bit by faster SP. Like those Valor skills, but they've lost a lot of value since uh, SP like doubles every weekend, and you know we have blessings yeah, that double SP a... and all of those things that double SP. Do you remember that? Uh, do you remember that glitch where like you could reset a hero battle several times to 
make a unit get like 700 SP in a single attack. Sure, the, the famed infamous 768 SP glitch <laughs> for one weekend. Yeah, I remember that. That, that was fun times. I, but that, I, I can understand why that was packed. <laughs> That's a, that is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, if Valor skills are 5 star exclusive, then that glitch is like 10 star exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> You need to go up to Intelligent Assistant and literally pay them to give you that skill. Yeah, so thank you, Intern okay. Kuhn, for that gift to all of yeah. us a couple months back. Thank you. Based Intern Kuhn. And so why don't we just take, uh, why don't we take just a second to go over Ethlyn. We don't need to go into her in full detail, but because we're going to be receiving her as a free Tempest Trials unit. So we're going to be getting our first, I believe it's our first free cavalry healer. Have we gotten Corrine or Priscilla as like a, a three heroes quest or anything? I don't think we have. I don't I don't think so. Which I think is part of the thing that makes her so good. She's, since she's free, you know. That's good. I don't think we've ever gotten a free five-star healer unless you go for Brave Veronica as your free summon. Yeah, that's a good point. So I guess a lot of people have chosen uh, Brave Veronica, so maybe this isn't the best yeah. timing to be getting our first free cavalry healer. But for those people who didn't choose her... Yeah, I did choose Brave Veronica, but that's only because I got the two units I wanted the most from the banner in the banner. Like, I, I wanted Hector or Ephraim, and I got them both just through my orbs, so... I was kind of stuck. Do I go for Veronica or Thelica? Neither of which I really cared about. Yeah. So I just went for Veronica because I thought she'd be more useful to me. Yep, and she is a great healer. And Ethlyn, I mean, all yeah. all cavalry healers kind of are are special because they have that extra movement. And basically, I mean, she has thirty eight HP, twenty eight attack. 34 speed, 26 defense, and 20 resistance. It's very similar stats to Nana yeah. and Corrine. Uh, you know, not the best stats in yeah. terms of like Elise or Maribel, but that's okay. Those are five-star exclusive dancers. Let them have their thing. Yeah. I Yeah, I think um I, I think if I remember correctly, compared to Nana, she has like she has like one more attack. And then they effectively have their defensive swap, so Eflin has is more physically defensive, whereas Nana is more magically defensive. Of course, the main thing to consider is Nana can get access to IVs, and she can get you know to a full merge level if that's what you want. But I think cavalry healers in themselves are just so powerful because healers have access to all these amazing skills, you know, stuff like raffle staff and dazzling staff. They can get pain and gravity as their weapons. They can use double savage blow to really chip away at the enemies. I think, and since they've got the longest movement, the cavalry healers are the best at doing this sort of stuff. So I think by virtue of that alone, Eflin's going to be a pretty good unit. Yeah, not bad at all, especially if people don't have a five-star healer, or if, if uh, Brave Veronica is the only one that you have, then you know she's not exactly going to compare favorably to Brave Veronica but maybe you've tried out Brave Veronica and you see the value in having a good healer and uh, you'll be getting Ethelyn at five stars, yeah. no need to spend any feathers on her. To be fair, let's be real, not many of the healers can compare well to Brave Veronica. Yeah, no question. It's it's just Maribel and Elise. Even Maribel struggles, struggles, I think, but not by much. She is still very solid. Yeah, the, the favorable thing for Maribel or Elise is their ability to run either Pain Plus yeah. or Gravity Plus unlike uh, unlike Veronica, but everything else about Veronica is probably more favorable yeah. compared to the other healers. 
But I think, you know, Ethelyn's skills aren't necessarily the best. Uh, she comes with Fear Plus, which isn't a staff that I normally use. Uh, Physic Plus is her heal, uh, her heal assist skill. Not bad at all. Um, you know, it's fine in terms of having greater range and decent healing abilities. Most people probably don't need to replace that as a healing assist. Speed Defense Bond is a skill that she's going to be coming with at five-star availability. Yeah. And so that's interesting to be receiving that yeah. again as a skill. And and some people have pointed out that all the uh, this whole family here seems to have... Uh, speed and defense skills with uh, with uh, Quan and Leaf, they all have speed and defense boosting A slot skills. So I thought that was kind of an interesting. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they do because the uh, Quan has steady posture, as we've already mentioned. Eflin has speed defense bond, and um, Leaf has Leaf has steady blow. Steady blow, yeah. Oh, 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 what's what's the name of um, what's the name of Leaf's sister? Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Altina or something like that. I can just imagine if they bring her out, she just comes with speed, defense, push. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, they'll they'll make it so every single one in the family is boosting their speed and defense with yeah. their A-slot skill. I'm going to look up this person's name just so I got correct. Yeah, so speed, defense, bond at five stars. There's nobody like great that I think can use that skill in the game. But, uh, you know, Ethwin can take advantage of this as a skill if she's next to another unit during combat or defensively, it might help boost her viability a little bit. And then finally, she comes with live to serve as her B slot skill, which is actually a really good uh, skill for healers to come with. We also have it as a sacred seal, but it's nice to be able to heal thing to like bring another healer along or use something else to heal them. It's nice for them to be able to heal themselves while healing their allies. So, yeah. Anyway, hey, back to uh, what I was saying. I just looked up. I was correct. Leaf's sister is called Altina. Yeah. So. She, um, she, she's a lance flyer. So in her original game, she's a Draco Knight. So maybe she could have speed defense push. Maybe com completing the family's, the family's legacy of speed and defense. And none of them with the same skill. Anyway, and none of them uh, even with the same like name for the skill yeah. or anything like that. Because... We don't have, yeah. it's not steady blow and yeah. steady stance. It's steady blow and steady posture. <laughs> steady posture. Making people stand up straight since, well, last yeah. week. So anyway, like okay. not, not anything fantastic to fire off with Ethlyn, but it will be nice to get a five-star copy of her. Um, any thoughts about how to build yeah. either Ethlyn or how do you like to build healers in general? Do you have like a standard build that you go with with them? I don't exactly have much fodder for the Dazzling or Wrathful. I have I have one Jenny, I have one Bray Veronica, and I, I have two Bridelins right now. Well one well one of them's a combat manual right now. But you know, that's still a dazzling staff I can give to someone. Um so I don't I don't have uh Raffle and Dazzling Staff on many units. I just have it on the people who come with Raffle and Dazzling Staff by default. And I have it on Elise because when I was going for Elise on the Gunfra, uh, on the Gunfra Legendary, where both Elise and Bridal Limb was on, I ended up getting a, a few Bridal Limb before I did end up getting Elise, so I was just like, I gave her Dazzling Staff from one. Um, but besides that, there's no other units I have Raffle and Dazzling on. I tend to build them full support, because I don't use healers in Arena. I tend to use them in stuff like Hero Battles, and Tempest Trials, and Chain Challenges, that sort of stuff where I want them to be healing instead of attacking. So I will usually refine their weapon for Dazzling Staff, 
and then I will usually give them Wings of Mercy as a B slot. And because of which I tend to rarely use the Physics staff, which is an unfortunate thing for Ethelyn given she comes with it. Um, but I like using Wings of Mercy because then they can fly over whenever someone's on low HP and just heal them. And then I'll usually give them a C slot like a Drive or a Fortify or a Spur or whatever. And I'll do the same for the, um, I'll do the same for the Sacred Seal. I actually have one healer I sort of memed a bit. I promoted a Reese to five stars, <laughs> just as a joke. And I, I gave him a Fortress Defense, and he's using the Fortress Resistance Seal. And I can remember... I would build a lot more healers with Raffle Dazzling if I actually intended to use them in Arena, because... It is just such a powerful combination. I mean, there's really nothing you can do to counter it right now in the game. Yeah. And so exactly. I don't use it in the arena, but I do use it in Arena Assault. And it's, you know, if you build a really good Razzle Dazzle build, and if you put, you know, either attack plus three, speed plus three, or some other offensive A slot skill with a double savage blow, or you can even be creative and try something else. But uh, something like that can go a long way to taking out a whole bunch of different units in Arena Assault as a counter. If, if you do have some trouble countering specific units, healers that are built well can kind of counter almost anybody. So just as a thought, uh, you'll need to either run a Dancer or a unit that can reposition them most of the time. But I love using the Gravity Plus staff on Razzle Dazzle healers. Hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. So yeah, all in all, Eflin... Pretty good unit. I think she's worth using. If not just because, you know, she's a healer, you can farm hero merit on her to get some feathers. That alone, I find, makes her worth using. Yeah, and I don't mind using healers at all in Tempest Trials when we get bonus units with a whole bunch of stats to them. Yeah. Now, Ethelyn will also get the bonus uh, stats on herself the whole time, not just the first two battles each day. But when, you know, yeah. units regularly get like 50, maybe even 60 HP, depending on which unit it is in Tempest Trials. So it's not a bad thing to bring along a healer, especially if you have someone like Lewin, who is going to need to maintain that high HP to continue getting a maximum effect then I think bringing a healer along in Tempest Trials is not a bad way to go. Anyway, I think we have gone into a lot of detail on all four of these units, including the three Genealogy Banner units. Uh, you know, we, we, yes, absolutely. we have you on the show. We're very fortunate to have you here. And I'm wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to, to say or anything else you'd like to plug while you're here on the show. So generously giving your time to us. Mm, no, no, that's nothing I want to say other than... Thank you for having me on the show again. It's been great. I'm happy to be back on after. I mean, and it's been so long. I, I can't remember when Wings of Fate was right now. It was like in June or something. I think it was even May, before that. April. Yeah, I think it was April. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while, and I am happy to be uh, able to be back on the show. It's fun. I like it. Yeah. Well, so if you ever want me on again, feel free to just contact me and. Hopefully we can work something out. Absolutely, Red. You are a friend of the show. You are welcome on anytime yeah. you like. Anytime you have something that Thank you'd you. like to say about new heroes or anything you want to help us out with or, or say or plug or anything like that, you're welcome to be on as a guest with us. And thank you all for, for you personally, Red, and all of your colleagues for all of the hard work you do over at Game Press to help Hi. players like me <laughs> and all the listeners out thank there. Thank you. 
Thank you. And also, I, I've also noticed that uh, when new skills come out, like Special Spiral or other new skills in the game, you know, yeah. it, it shows an update on the main page and on all the pages, or I guess on the main page about new heroes that have been up, heroes that have had pages updated recently. And I noticed yeah. you're quick to update on those new skills, so I, I appreciate that. I as am well. yeah. always looking for that. I so mean, thank you for that. I'm so quick. I update a Selka's page before Special Spiral was available. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got that, and you got her new refinement, and that's all pretty exciting, yeah. too, for Celica. Yeah. But again, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. We are very privileged to be able to have you on. And thank um, you. If, if you guys have uh, anything that you'd like to send to me about feedback for this episode or just comments or questions in general, you're welcome to send me an email at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. And Red, is there any way that people can get in touch with you if they have anything they'd like to say to you? Uh, the best way to contact me would be over Discord. Uh, if you are part of the Game Press Discord, you can just scroll up to the Game Press staff section and you'll find me there. Um, I tend to have my username on the Discord as RF98 with a hashtag relevant to something going on which I'm into. Like right now, it's RF98 hashtag 4K because I've been playing the new Destiny 2 expansion. Okay. My hashtag is relevant to it. Yeah. Or if you just want to get into contact with me directly, my Discord username is actually officially just RedFerrari1998 hashtag1998. And finally, I'll just wrap up by saying if you guys want to contact uh, Phil, you can contact him at phaeology at gmail.com. And you can also reach us at our subreddit at r slash phaeology. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. And be sure to schedule another appointment with your phaeologist real soon. Thanks. Bye, everyone.